the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Hello, everyone. Besides this show every weekend, you can also join Josh Mondays at 1230 for Money Mondays with Bruce Hooley right here on 98.9 The Answer. And you can always find that recording at aptuswealth.com, Josh's website. To schedule an appointment with Josh, the phone number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Zero, zero. Josh, let's start off the show talking about correctable mistakes that you find people are making with their retirement plan. Let's go through those. I think the biggest one is that uh, at some point, we all know that we have to turn our wealth or our investments into income. And while that sounds like a pretty easy switch, it's really not the easiest of tasks. And I've seen a lot of people make a lot of mistakes over the years in trying to turn their investment pool into an income. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's important to note that there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of investment advisors out there. There's a lot of companies that are constantly promoting things like asset allocation and we have the best fund or we're going to get a better rate of return than the next company, et cetera. But there's very few uh, investment advisors and or companies that are specializing in how do I turn my investments properly into income? And what do I mean by that? How do I change my investments into a strategy that will derive income in the most tax-efficient, predictable, and least volatile way? Um, So the the problems that I've seen along the way usually involve those three things, meaning I've seen people de-risk way too much way too early or go the exact opposite direction and have far too much risk for far too long. So, for example, um, and we know this to be true, by the way, Uh, there's been a lot of studies that say that when people roll their money out of their 401k into a self-directed IRA in retirement, they, that's the time in their lives when they typically will change their risk tolerance. They'll adjust things while they were working. They realize, you know, I was supposed to have the bulk of my money in stocks. And, uh, uh, I know that that's, gives me the best opportunity for growth, but now that I'm retired, I want to make sure that I don't run out of money. I want to make sure that I, I get out of this rat race, if you want to call it that, and I'm going to move stuff a lot safer. Unfortunately, depending upon when you do that can have an influence on it. For example, if the market is really, really down when you retire, and then at that point is the point where you go really risk off, very conservative, there might be a chance you never get back out of that hole ever again. But similarly, 
um, just simply taking the risk off can really lessen your ability to retire. Now, by risk, I mean your exposure to the market, et cetera. And I think if we look at the market today and try and use it as an example, if you're retiring you know, in the next few months, we've had a heck of a run, the biggest bull run in the history of the stock market. We've set records consistently, but there's also a lot of volatility, not just in the markets, but in our world today. So now may be a time to really take a deep and hard look at uh, and evaluate your risk, the amount of risk that you're taking in your portfolio. But that does not mean that now is the time to go 100% to cash and then try and time your way back into the market. So while a lot of the problems that I see or several of the problems I see aren't fixable, meaning I put all of my money in an immediate annuity for the rest of my life at the lowest interest rates in history, well, once you pull that lever, that's the ship has sailed. Most of them are fixable. And the one that I just talked about, you know, really taking a hard look at your risk tolerance and making sure that you don't have too little risk or too much risk, it's a great time to do that today. The other one, I oftentimes see people either living on too much or too little, and they really don't know why, meaning they're taking too much out of their investments, they're taking too little out of their investments, and they're just crossing their fingers and hoping it's going to last. So the big mistake that I see is, is not developing an income plan that's based on any semblance of uh, mathematical calculation, logic, or, and or sometimes just pure reality. Many times I've seen people come in, I got 100 grand, I'm going to live on 20 grand a year for the rest of my life off my investments. Clearly, that's not going to last unless you know your mortality is going to be not too long from today. So relying on just anecdotal evidence that my money's going to last or this cross your fingers approach is not a very good one. And if you're listening to this going, well, I'm not that person. I, I spent a lot of time. Well, well, good, good for you. But are you taking as much money as you should be? And that would be met with usually an immediate response. Well, not taking a lot is always a good thing. That means I have more money in the long run. Well, maybe or maybe not. Let's calculate the impact of taxation over the long run, not just this year. And in many instances, it makes sense to take more today, if not to live on, but in the element of tax planning, either in the way of a Roth conversion, minimizing your required minimum distributions down the line, et cetera, et cetera. So the mistakes that I see the most, not appropriately allocating assets in relation to diversification for the long run and not having a proper tax plan over the long run, not just a short run as it relates to your income. Essentially saying not having an income plan, but having just an investment strategy. Big difference. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, give Josh a call. His phone number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, since we're talking about blenders, do you ever find uh, some people contribute too much to an IRA? It happens more than you think. It happens a lot. And, And first, let's talk about what you're allowed to do and how it could even happen. And then I think it'll make more sense. So traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, et cetera, they have contribution limits. And those contribution limits are $6,000 a year for 2021. um, And you could do $7,000 a year if you're over the age of 50. So you have the ability to put in between six dollars and $7,000 into a traditional or Roth IRA. That said, your ability to deduct or even do a Roth IRA, and let's use a Roth IRA for example here, 
if you make a modified adjusted income of over $198,000 as a married filer or over about $125,000 as a single filer, you start to lose your ability to do a Roth IRA. You just simply can't do it. Now, there's ways around that, which we can discuss, but in general, if you make too much money, you cannot do a contributory Roth IRA. You can do a Roth conversion, big distinction difference, but you cannot do a contributory Roth IRA. And you might say, well, how, how could I, if I know that, why, why can I do one and how could I get into trouble? This is usually the way it happens. I'm putting 500 bucks a month every month into my Roth IRA. I've been doing that for years and years and years, and I have never changed it. It just happens, and my income has grown over the years, and now my income has grown to beyond the amount that I'm allowed to do a Roth IRA with. And now I just realized it, and it's been happening for X amount of time. It happens quite often. And it's important that you know that there's a penalty for doing that. Excess contributions are actually taxed 6% each year they remain in that IRA. So you have to unravel that. If you know, hopefully, it, you, you realize it in the year that you did it, you go back and say, okay, well, I haven't filed my taxes yet. I'm going to take the money back out, and I'm good. So I put 6000 bucks in last year. I'm going to file my taxes. I just realized that I wasn't allowed to do any of it, so I'm going to pull the 6000 bucks back out. No one is any worse for the wear. Essentially, there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit more massaging to it than that. But essentially, that's what you're doing, and now you're good. And that includes extensions, et cetera. So you're, you, you can get it undone. However, if you forget for years and years and years, it's a process to unravel it. So it's important that you do an audit every year, not from the IRS, but you do an audit of your own investment situation, not just for... Uh, is my allocation appropriate or do I still want to own Apple stock or do I still want to do that? But am I allocating my resources and my savings to the appropriate places or am I getting myself into trouble? And that usually gets kind of brushed under the rug. People forget about that aspect, but it's something that we talk about in my office all the time because we want to make sure that we don't get wrapped up in that situation. And this is something you look at when people go through the Aptus blueprint process with you. Of course, uh, amongst a myriad of other things. It's always important not to just have your investments appropriate, but make sure you're putting them in the appropriate tax positions as well. Take us through the steps if someone calls your office, Josh, and they want to go through the Aptus Blueprint process. Sure. In meeting one, we're going to sit down and just, uh, we call it our discovery meeting. We just want to find out everything about you. What are you trying to accomplish? Obviously, everybody's situation is different. Some people want to travel the country in an RV. Some people want to play golf every day. Some people want to travel the, the world uh, you know, in jet set. Whatever retirement looks like for you and when you would like to accomplish that or maybe you have a crazy idea about you know, building a workshop in the backyard. I, whatever your goals are, we want to find out about them. And then we want to find out what you've been doing up to this point to save in the way of resources to achieve those objectives. Are you putting money into your 401k? Do you have insurance potentially to provide for a spouse in the event that something happened to you? We want to find out about, about your family. What's family life expectancy look like? Do you have any health issues that would require potentially some help down the line in the way of long-term care, et cetera? So we're finding out as much data as we can possibly find out. And then in meeting number two, we're simply going to analyze what you gave us. So we're not going to tell you all the things that you need to change. We're simply going to show you that if you continue on the path that you're on, this is whether or not your arrow is going to hit the target that you're hoping for and what potential speed bumps could interrupt that along the way. So where are you exposed? Uh, what could happen? What could derail your plan? 
And then in meeting number three, we will solve those problems, meaning how can we better bulletproof you for your retirement or whatever goal that it is. That may entail lowering risk to achieve the desired result. It could mean that you have to raise risk to achieve the desired result, or it could mean like we were just talking about, how can we manipulate where your assets are held to the benefit of you in the way of taxation? It's not what you make sometimes uh, that's most important. It's what you keep, right? And then in meeting number four, it's really where the rubber will meet the road. These first three meetings have really been a long interview process um, in showing you how we work and seeing if we're a good fit for one another. So if we determine that it's a great mutually beneficial relationship that has uh, a long-term prospect, then our implementation meeting is meeting number four, and we decide uh, that we're going to move forward, and then comes the paperwork party. It's a, a necessary evil, but we got to move a lot of stuff around, and we got to start uh, implementing the plan. And get people to the right place. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley, Mondays at 1230 p.m. on 98.9 The Answer. You can always find the recording at aptuswealth.com. More with Josh Pick when we come back. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session, to learn new strategies to manage risk, Give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Josh, we often have talked about Roth IRAs over the years, but what is a Roth 401k and what are its advantages and disadvantages? For all intents and purposes, a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k are the same in the way that they're taxed, meaning that unlike a pre-tax 401k, which we're all used to, You put money in after tax, so you don't feel that immediate taxation savings benefit in your paycheck. However, once you put the after-tax dollars into your Roth IRA or Roth 401k, the money grows tax-deferred, and then all of those gains that you earn over the years is tax-free when you take the money out. So it's a huge, huge advantage, particularly the longer amount of time that you're able to let those monies grow. But the big advantage between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA is you don't have the same income limits. So we talked earlier actually today about how once you make over a certain amount of money, you can no longer do a Roth IRA. However, uh, with a Roth 401k, there are no income limits whatsoever. And there's a huge benefit to Roth 401ks. It used to be kind of an anomaly to have an employer to have one. But now about 70%, 75% of employers that have 401ks actually offer a Roth option. You may be asking yourself, well, how do I know if mine does? If you look at your 401k page, usually there's some uh, part of that that allows you to change your contributions. 
And for the most part, most 401k election pages or options will say, I would like to al- allocate this percentage or dollar amount to the pre-tax or to the Roth IRA or post-tax option. So it's really just that simple. Now, the big benefit there is if you're a young employee particularly, and and obviously there's advantages for older employees as well, but if you're a young employee and you max out your 401k, which is a significant amount of money, all of those monies and all of the growth over decades and decades are completely and utterly tax-free. So huge advantage to contributing to a Roth IRA. However, if you do not have a Roth 401k at work, and you do make too much money, and you say, you know, I'd really like to have some tax-free money. I'd like to have some Roth something. There is what we call a backdoor way to get a Roth IRA. And when I explain to you how to do this, it's going to sound very silly. But remember that the tax code sometimes can be just that. It can be quite illogical and silly. But here's how you do it. Set up a normal, traditional IRA, and you contribute to it. Before you actually invest it, you immediately do a Roth conversion of that IRA. Now, remember, on Roth conversions, there's no income limit. So I can't put my money directly into a Roth IRA because I make too much money. But I can put my money into a traditional IRA. I don't get the tax deduction for it, but I don't care because I'm immediately going to convert it over to a Roth IRA again. So you kind of get there the same. You get to the same conclusion, but it's a different path, and it takes a little bit more paperwork. There are some hiccups along the way. You want to make sure that you don't make some mistakes. There is some aggregation of various IRAs, so you have to tread lightly and be careful and make sure that you don't get caught in one of the ways that could get you in trouble. So make sure that you call our office first, and we make sure that you stay in the good graces of the IRS. But there is a way ultimately to get to the solution that you're looking for. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. To schedule your own planning session, Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Josh, so some say the Roth 401k is the unsung hero. What are some other creative things uh, people can do inside the, the common retirement options offered by most employers? The advantages of most employer-sponsored plans are cost and ease. And what I mean by that is it's very easy. You just go on your company's website typically, and you say, I'd like to contribute to the 401k. I'd like to put in 5%, uh, or at least up to the match. Please, everybody listening, at least contribute up to the match. But it's it's really that that simple. You don't have to fill out any unnecessary paperwork for the most part. You just start contributing to the 401k. The advantages for most big employers is you know that most of these funds have been at least somewhat vetted. There's been some due diligence done to them. And for the most part, the costs associated with it are very, very low. Uh, They're so low and so easy that for the most part, most people have put the large chunk of their assets these days into low-cost index funds or target date funds. And low-cost index funds simply mean that the funds you're investing in are not really managed. You are just investing in things like the S&P 500. And the S&P 500 is simply just the 500 largest stocks in the United States. Or you can invest in the small cap index or the international index, et cetera, or even easier yet, the companies will allocate a target date fund for you, which says, when do you plan on retiring? Well, I hope to retire in 2050. Well, cool. Just put all your money in the 2050 fund and we'll pick the right allocation of indexes for you. And as you get closer and closer to retirement, we will, for you, gradually start tearing back your risk. So hugely easy 
very inexpensive, great option. The downsides to them is if you want to do any of the other stuff that's available out there, meaning I'd like to do some real estate, or maybe I've heard about cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, or, you know, I'd really like to take a little bit of my money and start doing some aggressive things. Like I remember this game stock or meme stocks as they're, you know, they're called these days, uh, or AMC, or I'd like to start doing some, making some bets. You can't do that inside of your 401k for the most part. So you have to do a self-directed IRA or Roth IRA. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do any of the things that I just said. I'm not suggesting that you put money in cryptocurrencies or meme stocks or swinging for the fences uh, with a white-hot housing market. I'm not saying that you do that. But what I am suggesting is that as well as the stock market has performed for target date investors over the last decade or since that financial housing crisis, you really couldn't lose. If you put money in the S&P 500 since 2009, you've been handsomely rewarded for that. However, if you look historically, there is one thing that always rises to the top as far as success in investing, and that is diversification. And diversification does not simply mean stocks and bonds. True diversification means having exposure to not just large company U.S. stocks and U.S. bonds, but having exposure to international stocks, small companies, big companies, mid-sized companies, um, things like gold or what we call hard assets, agriculture, land, real estate. Um, the, and you might be asking, why is that so important other than the obvious? You know, if the stock market crashes, it doesn't necessarily mean that the price of corn is going to crash. And sure, that's agreed, but there's actually some correlations there. There's some correlations between assets, and then there's some negative correlations between assets, which means, historically speaking, there are certain asset classes that when they go down, other asset classes go up. So there are ways to diversify your risk, but also better protect yourself, not just in not losing your money in one category, but consistently making money over time, no matter what the stock market looks like, or no matter what agriculture looks like, or no matter what gold prices look like. And that concept of true diversification in today's 401k arena is oftentimes very difficult to achieve. And if you don't believe me, go take a look at your 401k and say that you would like to invest in the housing market of the United States, India. I'd like to invest in gold. I would like to invest in agriculture, um, not just here, but um, in other places around the globe. You really can't do it. So you get really good diversification in the way of stocks and bonds uh, through your 401k. But if you want to weather what could be an upcoming storm, I highly recommend you look at what are some ways that I can also supplement that and diversify my risk. And oftentimes that's going to require that we go around your 401k with some of your investment dollars. But that has been proven time and time again as the most important thing in investing having an appropriate asset allocation to weather storms to keep you in the market or keep you in the game when times get bad. Because I've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. There's only one thing worse than not having any investments in the stock market for retirement, and that's putting money in the stock market for retirement, not understanding what you're doing. Stock market retracts, and you pull your money out, and you get less out than what you put in, and then you never go back in because of the experience that you had. So it's important that you get an education. It's important that you manage risk, 
have appropriate diversification amongst many asset classes so that doesn't happen to you and your retirement doesn't put in, get put in jeopardy. And let's talk about the importance of not trying to do this yourself. There's been a lot of studies done there too, and, and I will say that do uh, you know the do-it-yourselfer has certainly picked up a lot of advantages in the way of education over the last 20 years. How you would have done this yourself 50 years ago, I would have no idea because you simply weren't close enough to it. But the benefit of today is now you have this lovely thing called the internet, which does afford you a tremendous amount of access to information and resources. The downside to it is it also provides you with a tremendous amount of information that's completely unvetted um, from various resources that don't know what the heck they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful in deciphering what information you read. Um, And for those of you who are listening who are saying, yeah, but I can read the same stuff you can read. Well, that would be akin to me saying that I can be an attorney because I can look up all of the Capital Law School attorney stuff online. It's a little bit different in actual practice. Just because I can read about it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily the best person to defend myself in court. Well, similarly, just because you can read about it doesn't necessarily mean that you have the appropriate filter on how to act upon things. And then just beyond that, we can't ignore the fact that investing, particularly in the stock market or any investment for that matter, is a very emotional decision. It's a very emotional roller coaster ride. Nobody cares more about your money than you, and nobody has more of, uh, is more influenced by the roller coaster swings as they reflect to your retirement than you watching your own money go up and down. So there's been many studies that have proven that having a trusted resource, a voice of reason, will actually help you achieve higher results over the long run. And people say, well, I'll just do the discount brokerages. You had mentioned the mutual funds or automatic things that are set up for people. Like if you're going to retire in 50 years, you know, invest in this plan. What are some drawbacks of using a discount brokerage versus fiduciary such as yourself? The big difference is make sure that whomever you're working with, if you're going to work with somebody, has the particular skill set that's going to help you fill the void of something that you don't currently have. So if your only objective is, I want to buy 20 shares of Apple, then by all means, go use a discount brokerage and go buy 20 shares of Apple. But what you're really saying there is, I want to buy some shares of a company and hope that that works towards making me more money. You didn't reference anything about, is buying 20 shares of Apple going to get me from point A to point B? And is it the most tax efficient way, the most logical way to get there? So I think the huge advantage of working with a planner, working with a fiduciary, working with an investment advisor is developing a strategy and a plan to achieve your goals, whatever those goals might be. Not just saying, what's the best way that I can make money by buying XYZ stock or mutual fund, but how does that correlate to my overall plan? And then once you have that plan, having that trusted person, that resource, that voice of reason, that logical person to tell you when times get tough that we have to look at what our plan is there will be times we need to pivot but reacting emotionally is not the right time to pivot doing it because it makes sense mathematically and through time-tested strategies is the logic pattern to to reference so and american funds has done a lot of for example just using one company name american funds has done a lot of studies on the performance and long-term achievement of goals with people who work with advisors versus without. And the evidence is overwhelmingly in the long run in favor of working with somebody who can keep you in the lines. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. 614-364-7300. 
800-242-7300. More with Josh Pick when we come back. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Josh, so some call the Roth 401k the unsung hero. How would you characterize a health savings account in terms of retirement planning? This is kind of a hidden gem. Health savings accounts were originally designed to help save money pre-tax for the purposes of health care expenses as it relates specifically to high deductible plans. So as health insurance got very, very expensive, people started changing their plans to high deductible plans. And high deductible plans is essentially saying I'm willing to assume responsibility for the first XYZ amount of my health care, and then my insurance plan will start kicking in. And for people who are particularly healthy, this is a great option. You know, I don't go to the doctor very much. Um, I'm very healthy, but I work at an employer that, for the most part, has a wide range of ages, a lot of older employees, and our health insurance is just atrociously expensive. So I'm going to go with the $5,000, $10,000 annual deductible plan. But how can I start saving money up in my name that I could use to fill that gap if I were to need it? And the answer is the HSA, or the health savings account. If you're an individual, you can put in about $3,600. It's going up, uh, I believe, by 50 bucks next year, but it's $3,600 this year, and $7,200 for a family. And I believe that's going up by $100 next year, if I'm not mistaken. But that $3,600 comes directly out of your, your gross income. So it works just like a 401k in that regard, a pre-tax 401k. I save 3600 bucks. I don't pay taxes on the 3600 bucks. comes off my gross income. If my employer puts it in on my behalf, which they're more than welcome to do, and you can use this for your employer negotiations if you want, well, don't pay me more, just fund my HSA, then they get deducted. You don't, but you also don't get paid on it. So it's like it never happens. So six and one half dozen of the other. The huge advantage to it is as long as you use it for qualifying health expenses, then it works like a Roth IRA on steroids. And I say a Roth IRA on steroids because you put the money in pre-tax, it grew tax-deferred, and you got to pull it out tax-free. So it's like the single best investment as it relates to health insurance uh, costs that there possibly is. But the reason I call it a hidden gem is if you don't use it for health insurance costs, then it works just like a traditional 401k or IRA. I put money in pre-tax. Once I crest 65, I can take money out of it. I just have to pay ordinary income taxes on it, the same way that I would have if it was in a 401k. One big advantage, there are no minimum required distributions on it. So if you're already putting money in your 401k up to the match, this might be an option to supplement that. Now, there are some hiccups. So you know anything that sounds a little too good to be true, uh, so usually it is. So there are some caveats to take a peek at. If you're married and you pass away with your HSA, then those monies can transfer directly to your spouse. So now, if it was me, for example, I pass it to my wife, now it's her money, and she can continue the tax deferral and use it to her heart's content. However, once it gets passed to somebody beyond a spouse, whether that's your kids or just any beneficiary, that is entirely taxable in the year that they receive it. So unlike a 401k, IRA, all of that other alphabet soup, where they have 10 years to take the money out, 
And 10 years is important because that allows them to stretch the tax liability over a longer period of time, essentially paying less in taxes. If you think about it, if I left them a million dollars and they only had to take $100,000 a year, and let's say they make $50,000, then as a married couple, that puts them in the 22% bracket. However, if they inherited a million dollars, well, sure, some of it would be in 22, but some of it would be in the top tax bracket. So they're going to pay a lot more in taxes on your money. So that's a disadvantage to the HSA, is once it gets past your spouse, it is not as tax advantaged as a traditional IRA or 401k. However, for every other purpose, it's as good or maybe even better shy of the fact that you may or may not get a company quote-unquote match on the money. So it's a great place to take a peek for supplementing retirement income as well as a tax-advantaged way of putting money away for your health expenses at a very tax-advantaged place. The other advantage of it is you can invest your funds just like you can in a 401k. So when you set up your HSA, sure, you could put it all into like a cash or T-bill type account, but by all means, there are other investment options. You can invest it in the stock market, et cetera. So many times, uh, Diane, I tell people, if you have an HSA available, I want you to fund it, but I also don't necessarily want you to use it. I want you to, to, to use your other monies to pay for your deductibles. Use the HSA for health expenses that you're going to have a long time from now. Use it to supplement your retirement health care expenses like Medicare, Medicare supplements, those uh, deductibles, et cetera, the, the co-pays that go along with Medicare. Use it down the line because the longer we leave it alone, the more opportunity it has for growth, just like any other investment that we do, like your 401k or your IRA. Great option. Make sure that you take a look at it. Even if your employer doesn't have one available, there are many companies that will do them privately. You just have to Google it or call my office and I'll point you in the right direction. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That is 614-364-7300. Josh, why do I hear people say that they have to spend all the money in their HSA or they're going to lose it? I think there's some confusion there uh, between a flexible spending account and a health savings account. So a flexible spending account is an account that you can utilize to put money in uh, to save for, sim- very similar, for healthcare costs. However, if you don't use that money, then you do, in fact, lose it. Now, the benefit to the flexible spending account is you don't need to be in a high-deductible plan. You can be in a very low-deductible plan and still contribute to that. So there is an advantage to the flexible spending account in that regard. However, with the changes that have happened over the years with health insurance premiums and cost and just general deductibles, many, many more people, if not Uh, dare I say the word, most people can actually still qualify for a health savings account. And when that's the case, you are far better off saving into a health savings account because you do not run out of money there. So with a flexible spending, if you don't use it, you do in fact lose it. With a health savings account, if you don't use it, it just continues to accrue over time. So you never in fact lose that money. It is your money to be used whenever you decide. And even beyond that, Uh, if you did not use the money this year and you said, ah, I forgot about all these receipts. I have all these receipts from this year. I just forgot to actually file to get my reimbursement out of my health savings account. There's no finite, uh, timeframe for reimbursement. It's just a paper trail. So you can, uh, just stack up receipts over a long period of time and then file them all at once. 
Whereas with a flexible spending account, you have to do it in the year that you actually receive service or you're right, Diane, you lose it. When you hear that, you're hearing the differentiation between the two types of plans. Okay, thanks for that. And with the health savings account, let's say you get into financial trouble, is there any way you can withdraw money and and pay for things that are not health-related? You can. Uh, Again, there's an age. Remember, you have to wait until you, just like an IRA, you have to wait for an age. Now, an IRA is 59 and a half and a flexible or a uh, health savings account. Now, you got me confused. A health savings account is uh, 65. So there is some challenges and some penalties if you get into some financial hardships and you want to use it for non-medical related expenses prior to that age. But uh, can you use it? Absolutely. Very similarly to the way that you could use an IRA before you're 59 and a half, there's just a penalty that goes along with it. So not the best place to get it, but certainly not off the table. What about medical related expenses? Oh, absolutely. Then, I mean... And you're you know, not 65. Fl- no. You know, you can use... You could be 23. Uh, your health savings account is util- is, is absolutely 100% uh, usable for any medical-related expenses. Even if you're not 65? Yeah, no, absolutely not. It wasn't even designed for people who are the age of, over the age of 65. I just recommend that people try and wait until they use it because, again, the benefit of the health savings account is you can invest it like a 401k. So the longer time frame you have, for example, if you get a, a roughly a 7% rate of return in the market, your money doubles every 10 years. So if you put 10,000 bucks into your flex into your uh, health savings account today, 10 years from now it'll be worth 20, 10 years after that 40 and so on and so forth. So um, when you get that time on your side, uh, it's a great investment for retirement and obviously for health. All right, let me give you Josh's number one more time, the Aptus Wealth Management Office number, so you can schedule your own personalized planning session. We call it the Aptus Blueprint Process. Phone number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And, of course, the website is aptuswealth.com. And you can join Josh every Monday at 12.30 p.m. for Money Mondays with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer. More of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick when we come back. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Josh, you know, I've I've mentioned that I kind of like TikTok. Uh, but what is some of the advice that you've seen on the social media platform that has the potential to do more harm than good? One, I think it's just important to note that TikTok is a social media platform, not unlike Facebook or Instagram, et cetera. And I've never had anybody contact me and say, you know, we looked up the math on your post recently and it just didn't add up. I mean, there's no verification or due diligence on any of the quote-unquote advice that you receive on TikTok. 
Um, and on top of that, the objective, at least the way that I see it on all of these social media platforms, is how can I get the most people to watch it? So whatever advice or whatever I do has to be sensational or has to appeal to my emotions or have some sort of hook associated with it. And in finance, usually what that means is they are get-rich-quick uh, scenarios or learn this, the trades and skills that big banks don't want you to know or learn these specific hidden secrets that only the wealthy know. When in reality, it's, it's usually just gibberish. Um, and, and I can come up with a couple that I've seen that are, are clearly wrong. For example, I saw one that said, you know, you, you certainly don't want to just be an individual. You want to be a corporation. So you set yourself up as a corporation, and then every expense that you have is tax deductible because it's underneath your corporation. Meaning, you know, get the same advantages that uh, companies like General Electric, who pay very little, if anything, in taxes get by just establishing yourself as a corporation. And I could poke about 900 holes in that, but let's just start with the two easy ones. Number one, you can't just start a corporation for yourself if you don't actually provide anything. You can't just direct all of your income from your job to your corporation because you said, I'm now a corporation. But let's say that you could. You cannot deduct things that are not expenses of the corporation for the purposes of actual business. So I can't say that my corporation decided that it needed to go buy a bunch of groceries for me to eat at my house. That is not a deductible expense. But it would be really cool if you could just call yourself a corporation and you were in the business of running your life and therefore that makes everything tax deductible. But that's clearly absolutely false. Uh, the other one that comes along all the time is how to be successful at day trading. And you'll see things like well, you know, how to turn 50000 into a million dollars in 10 years. If whoever's telling you this could turn $50,000 into a million dollars consistently in 10 years, they wouldn't be telling you about it because they'd be turning their $10 billion into a trillion dollars in 10 years. Um, they wouldn't need to share it with you, nor would they want you to have the keys to the city. They would want to keep that to themselves. So all of these are appealing to... If you're willing to put forth the effort, if you're willing to do things differently, if you're willing to learn the secrets, then you too can live on your own island in the next 10 years by being a bazillionaire with just these three simple steps. And that's just simply not true. The other thing that you'll oftentimes see is uh, what I call uh, the super successful quote unquote people who want to share with you how to become super successful just like them. And if you want to learn how to become super successful just like them, then all you have to do is send them a check for $19.95, and they will share the secrets with you. Because they're going to share for $2,000 or $495 or whatever the amount is, they're going to share with you how they made a billion dollars in the last three weeks. If they could make a billion dollars in the last three weeks, why would they fly all over this beautiful country to fill rooms with 37 people for $495 a piece. They certainly would not. Uh, but uh, human nature gets a hold of us, and we constantly fall for the trap, constantly, because we want to improve our lives. When in reality, you can improve your life. You can make significant changes, but you have to go with the actual real-life scenario. Uh, and cryptocurrencies and meme trading has really dove uh, head first into our emotional uh, reservoir here.
and that we do know people who put money into these cryptocurrencies early. We do know people that made a lot of money. We do know that cryptocurrency is probably here to stay. We do know all of these things. So what new cryptocurrencies are saying is, if you would have gotten into Bitcoin at the very beginning, imagine how wealthy you'd be. So now just get into this new XYZ cryptocurrency and you will be equally as wealthy. When in reality, there is no guarantee that uh, these are going to surge the same way as Bitcoin. There's no guarantee that you can ride out the volatility ride. There's no guarantee that we can make another GameStop occur in the short run and then time it perfectly. There's no guarantee we can do it with AMC movie theaters. There's no guarantees. But they will constantly point back to those anomaly scenarios to get you to dive into the next one. And at the core of it, somebody's making money off of that. I'm not saying don't do it. When I, and I'm not saying don't use TikTok. I'm not saying don't use social media. What I am saying is look at it with a degree of credence. Make sure not, you're not wearing rose-colored glasses. And if you feel like you're going to take a significant position in something, talk with somebody who can not just tell you you're a moron or you're being stupid. Um, you're not looking for the, you know, the, the answer of maybe you, you know, your friends or your parents. But ask somebody who's actually been down these paths many times before that swims in these waters and can help navigate them with you and tell you the risks and dangers. And then at the end of it, if you still want to do it, fire away. It's your life to live. But be careful just believing everything you hear. I always uh, run it past you. I'm like, Josh, is this true? I learned on TikTok. <laughs> well, and it's not my job to say it's not true because I certainly would have never guessed that GameStop was going to have the run that it did. I certainly would have not expected that Bitcoin was going to... Uh, listen, I'll tell you a story. I had an opportunity to buy into Bitcoin way, way back when it was very, very low. Matter of fact, I, I uh, did some speaking engagements at a university and uh, there were some grad students. This is way back in the infancy of cryptocurrency that were investigating specifically Bitcoin. And uh, I was part of their thesis. And we came to the conclusion that cryptocurrency absolutely has legs. It will be here for the long run. It's going to be volatile. But as long as you're willing to stay for the long haul, you should invest in it. And quite frankly, I just forgot. I don't have any excuse, but they did not forget. And they are some of the people that made a lot of money off of those types of investments. So I don't always see everything perfectly clearly as it becomes in the, in the realm of these new kind of ancillary investment ideas or, or options that have extreme aggressiveness. However, I can tell you a myriad of ones that did not work, that were catastrophic failures. So I can tell you if you want to participate in these types of things, how to do it safely while hedging your bets outside of it and making sure it doesn't derail your dreams. That's my goal. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session, if you'd like to learn new strategies to manage risk, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, people have so many different options available as part of a retirement plan. Can we do a quick review of how many of them are or aren't taxed? I'd like to say something even before that in relation to taxes. And I think this really sums up the U.S. tax code and how complicated it is to navigate, not as it's just related to retirement accounts, but many things that you can either take advantage of or can take advantage of you in relation to the U.S. tax code. The U.S. tax code has well over a million words, and you probably are thinking the same way that I was. And that is, well, I don't know how many million words is. It sounds like a lot, but let's compare that to a couple of things. That's 
about double the amount of words that the book War and Peace has, or many, many more words than the King James Bible. So if you're thinking about doing your taxes and trying to make sure that you're taking advantage of uh, everything you possibly can be and making sure that you uh, thwart any bad things and you think that you're going to do that without the help of a professional, number one, I think you need a good professional, and number two, you're probably not. That's, that's an overwhelming task. So as it relates even just to specifically retirement accounts, you'll start to see all the nuances and how many different ways investment accounts are taxed and how knowing the differences between them can cause opportunities and problems. So you have, and I'm going to give them kind of categorically, you have pre-tax accounts. Pre-tax accounts for, for all intents and purposes are the alphabet soup, 401k, 457, 403b, traditional IRAs, etc. These are accounts that you put money in pre-tax, they grow tax deferred, and you are taxed on 100% of whatever you take out of them, or at least they go into your taxable income. And then based upon that level of income, they may or may not be taxed. And the level, we don't quite know until we get there. So you're effectively kicking the can on taxes to a later date. Uh, then you have post-tax retirement accounts. These are the Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks. In those, you're not getting the immediate tax benefit today, but you will never be taxed on those dollars down the line with just a couple of exceptions on timeframes. But ultimately, all the gains in those accounts are tax-free. So huge advantage, particularly depending on how much time you have between now and retirement. Then you have Social Security retirement income. Now, this one's really nuanced. And that Social Security may or may not be taxed at all, depending upon your situation. Meaning, if you're living exclusively off Social Security, you're paying exactly zero in federal income taxes. However, depending upon your outside income, you may pay taxes on up to 85% of your Social Security income. So the range is somewhere between nothing and taxes on 85% of it. And then depending upon what state you live in, you may end up paying state income taxes on your Social Security income, or you may not, Ohio being one of the states where you do not. But that is not necessarily the case across the board. So you have uh, and I would say that th that comprises a large chunk of what most people retire off of. Their 401k, maybe a Roth IRA, and then their Social Security income. But that does not end the story. Then you have things like pensions. Well, a pension goes into your taxable income category. But if you think about what we just talked about with Social Security, well, depending upon what my pension income is, that could actually make some of my Social Security taxable or all of it, up to 85% of it taxable. And then throw in the, uh, the possibility of minimum required distributions on top of that. And now I, I might be in this perfect storm of a tax time bomb. But let's not stop there. Well, now we have stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Let's throw those in there too. Uh, and I'm assuming that we're holding these outside of any of the stuff that I just talked about. So these are not in a qualified plan. These are just in a brokerage account or... Uh, some type of account that you're managing or somebody's managing for you. Well, that depends on how long you hold them, and it depends on what your outside income is because capital gains is not a flat tax rate. Your capital gains, and by capital gain it means long-term capital gains, meaning you hold a stock for more than a year, and now it's long-term. If you hold a stock less than a year, and then short-term, and it's all taxable income. So if you're buying and selling the AMC stock that we were talking about earlier or GameStop and you're buying and selling it in one year, well, then all the gains are just go right into your income taxes. But if you hold it for a year and then sell it, 
you could pay somewhere between 0 and 20% in taxes on that, depending upon your income. And that looks like that will soon go higher. Uh, but then what if you die holding that? Well, then that's a whole other thing. It's going to get a step up in basis, but that, that's under attack. So maybe it won't. But all these other items we talked about are certainly taxable to your beneficiaries. So they're, they're taxed differently where you're alive and when you, when you pass away. But then you have things like annuity income. And annuity uh, and insurance products in general uh, benefit from a whole other host of taxes. Meaning that if you have a life insurance policy and you take a loan against your life insurance policy, it's not taxable. But if you take a distribution, it could be taxable depending upon what your basis is in the life insurance policy. And if you say, well, I, I have a huge gain inside of my annuity or life insurance policy, so I'd like to take income over the rest of my life, but I don't want to get smeared in taxes the second that I do it, I'm going to do an annuity payout stream. And then it benefits from something called an exclusion ratio. And if you're not bored already and already have your head spinning, you're probably going, everything's different. How do I handle all of this? That's the important part. If you rewind the clock back to, I believe, Diane, and correct me if I'm wrong, at the very beginning of the show today, we talked about an income plan and how is it different than an investment strategy. And by investment strategy, I mean specifically you know, my allocation. I'm going to buy X shares of this and X shares of this, or I'm going to have 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. How is that any different than having an income plan? Well, this is explaining it. An income plan is coordinating your investment strategy with a tax strategy and an income distribution strategy that takes advantages of not just taxes, but also mitigates the risk as much as possible with your investment strategy to provide the most logical, consistent outcome for your scenario. Because we haven't gotten any interest in bank accounts and municipal bonds versus uh, you know, dividend income versus the list just keeps going on and on and on. Remember, over a million words in the U.S. tax code. A million. This is just, if you're bored already or you're thinking, how could I remember all of this? This is very, very few pages of that million and it's already somewhat overwhelming. So uh, fortunately, uh, this is what we do for a living. This is all I've done for a really long period of time. And uh, you learn the pages in that tax code that attribute to people who are in retirement or nearing retirement and taking advantage of those particular pages as much as possible for everyone's individual situation. You can join Josh and Bruce Hooley every Monday for Money Mondays at 12.30 p.m. right here on 98.9 The Answer. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show with host Josh Pick. Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.